Welcome to a, another episode of the Smartest Amazon Seller Podcast. Today, I'm going to stop being nice and start getting real. Sorry for the uh, shameless use of the real world slogan from MTV a few years ago, but I was just going to give a quick update on uh, the website that I playfairamazon.org that I was involved with. I am now, I killed it, no longer promoting it. And the real reason why is I started listening to the other pot, another podcast about Amazon called the land of the giants. It's actually a really good series. If you want to dive into some of the, the current ongoings of the, of Amazon and you know, every episode was, was really unique and well done, but it was actually highlighted the terms of service of Amazon actually advise against, well, is against the terms of service to, you know, to talk to uh, the news and to give out press releases regarding Amazon services. While Amazon has never acted on it, I do think it's another issue in terms of organizing sellers. And so uh, we are completely out of that. Our business is, uh, too uh, important to us to risk something like that. Um, But it is super interesting, uh, you know, that the FTC is uh, diving in on um, Amazon to see if, uh, you know, they have any anti-competitive practices. But I don't want to go on the record for something that I don't control, uh, like this podcast. Um, I actually have been on the phone with uh, people at FTC, and I'm not saying that we won't talk in the future, but uh, right now we're not actively talking with them just because we want to stay as far as we can away from the line. And But as I've started to understand things, I've really uh, shaped my thinking on this issue. Amazon... Um, in certain categories may really represent a monopoly. Um, it is not illegal to be a monopoly, uh, to, you know, get a bunch of, uh, successful, uh, market market share. And, but it is illegal to use that, uh, and leverage your monopoly status against, uh, your competitors and essentially squish them down. And so there may be some areas where um, Amazon could uh, be guilty of that. And so we will see. Um, I think the FTC acts slowly um, as many government agencies are often to do. And so, I mean, I mean, a reporter found me on this podcast so there's no telling who's listening. So maybe a little bit, I'll be a little bit more careful with what I say. Now that just got way too dramatic. Okay. So today I'm going to talk about something much less controversial. We're actually just going to talk about just numbers, dollars and cents, refund percentage. It may, uh, there may be a few surprises here for you if you uh, but the question is, is do you know your actual refund percentage? It's actually really easy. By the way, Amazon's reports are set up to get thrown off on this one. We had a, a, a sports bra company that we uh, sell and, um, you know, getting really great margins, but we did not even have an idea of how high their return percentage was. It's not surprising that an apparel company, specifically a bra apparel company, would have a higher refund percentage because of how 
important fit is for something like that. Um, and on the, additionally, we actually did a lot of Halloween every year and we knew that it probably had a higher refund percentage. Uh, but we didn't quite know that it was 15%. And then what does that 15% mean? How does the money go out? Uh, and I, it, it was really easy to get sidetracked by uh, specifically the return to items report that actually doesn't tell you everything. I'll go into that in a second. Uh, additionally, we were doing small and light and I didn't, we didn't initially know that um, many of those products, Amazon just tells their customers to keep it instead of returning it because they did not have uh, a built out uh, return uh, section for in their small and light fulfillment centers. So how do you calculate this? How do you figure out how much this is impacting your business? Because it is not the returned items report. I thought that was kind of it for years. Didn't uh, occur to me that um, you actually get the true percentage here in the settlement reports. Um, or they also sometimes they're known as the payments reports. And um, there's actually a few different versions of the settlement reports. And more recently, they created one that's a, a monthly report. I really like this one. Um, it's if you go to Seller Central, uh, let's see, reports, payments, and um, in there, there will be an option to uh, request a month at a time of transactions. And that's actually what you have to do to, to, to build a refund percentage. If you want to throw that into your accounting or whatever, I do think, you know, some of the detail pages on Amazon and the inventory manager will show you that. Or you can, you know, you could obviously look up all your transactions um, but I have found this report the, the best way to do that. Um, the, the reason the returned items doesn't work is it only shows you where the sellers, sorry, sorry, the customers actually returned those products. There are countless instances where they will get a refund, but they don't return the product. And um, some categories and price points may actually vary on this. There's so many situations uh, that differ here because you could get a returned product in sellable condition or unsellable. Um, sometimes Amazon will reimburse the entire uh, uh, refund to you, or sometimes they will not, depending on who damaged it or even what the customer says, because um, it's the, the customer can say whatever they want, and it's unfortunate is sometimes customers can take advantage of that. And if they say that it was a defective product, even though it wasn't, you are forced to pay for the return in a fulfillment fee. So you could be getting, not only you could uh, get a, a, a damaged product returned, you could have paid for the shipping there and uh, an FBA fee on the way there and on the way back. So uh, there's no way about thinking or avoiding the fact that our refunds um, affect your bottom line. One way, uh, a shortcut that I kind of think of is every percent of a refund, a refund percentage is actually uh, just take it off of the gross margin. So like if you have a 5% uh, refund percentage, it's close to eating at 5% of the profitability of that product. So like say you have a 20% gross margin product 
5% refunds. Well, it's probably operating more at a 15% gross margin because sometimes you actually do get the product back in sellable condition. And so that's not going to like, that one's actually not eating at your profitability in the same way. And sometimes Amazon actually refunds you the, the, the amount of the sale. So um, there's a lot of things that can happen. And that's just a go-to. It could be a little bit off. And if you guys have different experience on that, uh, please uh, illuminate that to me so I can uh, learn more and maybe even pass that along. Um, that's the report that we started using about a year ago and it's helped us really, uh, you know, we're actually investing less in Halloween and we lowered what we thought the value was of uh, the sports bra. Um, so uh, apparel is definitely uh, something to like really look into here, you know, um, but like this, this actually, this uh, settlement report, I think it, it's the truth. Um, it tells you every scent that is affecting your settlement. So this is a great place to uh, anchor your accounting practices around. And it'll show you your advertising spend. Um, actually, it'll, uh, it'll take it out. Unless you're actually paying for advertising through a credit card, which you probably should if you can. If you can route, you know, say you're spending 100000 a year on um, advertising, you could probably find a 2% cashback credit card. There's even one that's uh, 3%, uh, the Chase Signature Inc. business card. That one's 3% cashback up to $150,000. If you throw your advertising on that, you know, that could represent um, a few thousand dollars uh, of free money that you get at the end of the year. And for us, uh, that 2% cashback, you know, is easily, uh, let's see, about twenty to thirty thousand dollars. So, um, and and so, if, if you're going, you know, that's just one of the things that you are illuminated to you when you uh, download this uh, settlement report. So get on top of it, understand everything that's going on, and I, I really think you're going to be in a better spot. This this helped us really understand our refund percentage. I guess the second thing that I will cover in this podcast is. Um, because refunds percentage, you know, it really comes up when you're doing some of your accounting, um, is if you have a accurate inventory value. Now, if you're ever approaching a bank and getting a loan, they're going to care about your inventory value. And so you uh, need to be accurate as accurate as you can. Um, I've made a few adjustments because I, re I didn't realize things. For example, you know, if you have a duplicate SKU, you can't count that because if they're sharing the same FN SKU, it's actually the same inventory. And so when we adjusted around that, about five to 10% of our inventory value went down, but it was accurate. And so that's, that's important. Um, we get ours by using the daily fulfillable history report and, you know, you could, you need to run all those FN SKUs against your inventory and then it'll tell you what your inventory value is. FN SKUs can complicate things if you use uh, different reports. So that's what I use and I recommend it. And um, if you're doing a, a P&L or a profits and losses of every month, um, there's actually two truths that you can peg it to. Um, one is your inventory value. And like, that's a number that like you can't lie. You can't do any fuzzy accounting around. And the other is the disbursement into your bank. I covered this on another episode and, um, like, but what Amazon sends to your bank, like that is a ground truth that your accounting can use. 
And if you, if you don't have uh, truth on, uh, you know, on the refund percentage and on your monthly P and L's, you know, that could tell you, and then you're not going to exactly know where you're sitting financially. And I can tell you that, you know, we've done 60 million a year for a few years and we didn't have these straight. We didn't have a uh, full truth on our accounting. And so I can imagine if we don't, then there are others out there that are and totally recommend, you know, investing whatever you can to get on top of it. You get some smart minds in there. There's so many moving parts and variables, but by pegging it to some numbers that won't uh, lie, then I think you'll be in a lot better spot. And um, w- on that same subject, I guess there's another report that we use. Um, it's the inventory events table. So uh, in terms of uh, estimating our COGS, I was using, um, you know, just our what we estimated were our orders. I took the Amazon uh, fulfilled shipments and, but it actually didn't tell the entire truth because of inventory coming in from returns, inventory going out in removals and um, any other adjustments that might be happening, happening to inventory. So I've really started to use the inventory event table. It's historically proven to be a little bit more accurate and helped us get to some of those final um, accurate values um, when we were estimating our monthly profits and losses, or as also known as a PL. And so I recommend using that table. And if you guys have any other secrets, please send them my way. I think I've covered a few different reports that are unique and you probably, they're actually really not sexy tables at all, but they can tell you some interesting information uh, about the, the truth of what's happening with your inventory in your business. So get on top of them, download them, really understand them and see if you can use them to leverage um, information about your, your products. You know, I could tell you like, Hey, we probably should divest from this type of inventory because of uh, the refund percentage or, uh, and, and then if you look at the payments report and, and incorporate that, then you'll just really know the profitability of your business. Super important because I want you to be selling on Amazon today. I want you to be selling on Amazon in 10 years. And, uh, if you're profitable today, that will increase your likelihood of doing that. Um, that's our goal. And thank you for listening to this week's episode. I will uh, be again on next week as sure as the sun will come up. Um, the sun is coming up later and later because winter has arrived, and um, which means we should spend more in time figuring out all the clever ways we can uh, sell on Amazon and beat out the competition because because this is war and I'm in it with you guys and we will collectively be the smartest group of Amazon sellers and people will have no idea where we came from and we will outflank them. All right, thank you for listening and uh, catch you next week. See ya. One, two, three. This episode has been produced by LaunchPod Media.